0: Hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Timeline Astrology. Hello, and welcome back to Timeline Astrology podcast. Today, my guest is Ronnie Dreyer. Rani is an internationally known astrologer, lecturer, and teacher in both Western and Indian astrology. She is based in New York City and is the author of Vedic Astrology, a guide to the fundamentals of Jyotish. Um, and more recently, I've become aware of Rani's work with eclipses. So I asked Rani on the show to talk a little bit about eclipses in general, how she approaches them. Um, whether that's in a mundane sense for worldly events or in clients' work uh, in horoscopes, and the significance of the 2020 eclipses in particular, um, the fact that they're so close to the solstices, um, and how she approaches them, and how we could maybe tease out really what the eclipses in this real pivotal year are saying. So, I began by asking Ronnie, as I do all my guests on the show, um, if there was a ritual or practice that she observes uh, before uh, sitting down with a chart to be able to tune into the muse of astrology.
1: I just really take some very deep breaths. I close my eyes and I have some silence. And I just kind of put myself in touch with. Um, the universe with whatever is going on at the moment I don't have a particular chant or mantra I mean I know many mantras but I don't I I just really try to clear my mind and 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 breathe deeply and have some silence I definitely take a few minutes of silence before I dive into any readings or classes or anything like that for sure
0: Mm -hmm. sounds like good advice um Mm -hmm. I um, have invited you on, Ronnie, because um, you might not know this, but when I first started studying astrology back in 1996, um, your book came out the year after, I think it was. It came out out very soon after that, anyway, because I remember one of the first Vedic astrology books I bought. So it it was very helpful. It's a really well laid out book. It's Vedic Astrology Fundamentals, A Guide to the Fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously, I've been aware of you for many years but more so recently I've been very aware of your work in uh working with eclipses and what you call sensitive degrees so that's why you know this is the subject for this podcast and I'd love to dive into that with you a bit and of course I know that in an hour we can't cover the complexity of eclipses you know there's so much to take into account but just to give the audience a, a kind of a general overview of what eclipses are and what they represent so can you just generally perhaps first of all um tell the audience what what is the significance of eclipses
1: well i think the significance of eclipses um, come to the very heart of what astrology is and astrology really came about in every culture because they looked at the sky and you know we have a habit now of course of looking at our computer but In ancient times in any culture you looked at the sky and that's really why you have different types of astrology or you know solar looking at the Sun looking at the moon in any culture because that was what was very obvious and the eclipses especially of the Sun and the moon which have to do when those two heavenly bodies are blocked Um, by their positions in the sky they became very very notable um, and noticed of course um, really because of the fact that suddenly the sky would go dark um, on certain eclipses especially if they were what we call total eclipses so i think that if you look especially at ancient tablets that the astronomers used to keep i mean the astronomers and astrologers were really one and the same up to a certain point, and oftentimes they were also the priestly class. So they had access to different instruments, or they actually just stayed in their towers, you know, day after day, writing all of the occurrences down in their logs. And you find that eclipses are the things that are most written about, um, or just the activity of the sun and the moon, especially the eclipses, are written about in the logs and tablets and texts of the Babylonians, of the Egyptians, of the Indians, um, and and that's really why they are so very 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 noticeable and so very important. And you know, in a nutshell. Um, the thing is, is that the eclipses, which are called grahana, you know, graha is the word for, you know, heavenly body, or we've come to look at it as planets, but it really means seizing the act of seizing or holding or occulting because the sun or the moon are obstructed, um, you know, from view. So we have the Surya grahana, which is the solar eclipse. And then the Soma grahana, which is the lunar eclipse. And as a child, um, in school. You know, we learn this, but, you know, of course, we forget as we get older um, that when you have the lunar eclipse, of course, which is an eclipse of the moon, um, that can only occur at a full moon. And that's when the Earth comes between the sun and the moon. Anybody that wants to really learn more about eclipses, I always tell my classes to look on the, well, in America, the NASA website. I mean, any international person can look on it. And it's nasa.nasa.gov. Um, i I'm assuming the British Astronomical Society also, any country that has a very big um, astronomical society. But the nasa.gov has a lot of work. Um, listing the eclipses, they list every single eclipse, the magnitude of them, you know, where you can see them clearly in the world. And uh, I get a lot of information from that. And the information as as I'm talking, the lunar eclipse, which can only occur at a full moon, um, which means that the sun is opposite the moon. And that's when the earth comes between the sun and the moon. So when the earth comes between the sun and the moon, then you have the moon blocked because the sun can't Um, you know not all of the sun's rays reach the moon and not every and then when you have the solar eclipse it's the eclipse of the sun, and that eclipse has um, an occurrence when the moon comes between the sun and the earth. So then the sun gets blocked, and that can only occur on the on the new moon. Now, not every new moon or full moon, obviously, is going to be an eclipse because it depends on um, where the shadow of the moon falls on the surface. Um, rather than going into all that technicality, that's what you can read on the website. But the eclipses are um, like Clockwork every six months. So every six months, you are going to have um, the the shadow hitting the sun or the moon, the Earth at a certain point, so that you have an eclipse rather than just a lunation, like a full or new moon. And when they occur, they occur in pairs. Um, So you have um, a solar eclipse, and then you have two weeks later, lunar. Or you have a lunar and then two weeks later you have a solar. Sometimes you have what we have, for instance, this summer and you have a series of three eclipses. So that means you're going to have the um, lunar eclipse on July 5th and then you have the solar eclipse on June 21st and then we'll have another eclipse on July 5th. So that, that's something that happens every couple of years. Um, and I think that the, the interesting thing is that they're not, of course, all total. So some of the eclipses are not as dramatic. You know, So when you have, for instance, a very total lunar eclipse, you get to the point where you have those blood moon eclipses. So they're like when you look at them in the sky, they're beautiful, you know, and they're they're red and you can see them very, very, very strongly. And then sometimes you have a total solar eclipse. And those are the ones that are noted. And in astrological language, we then take these um, astronomical phenomena and we interpret what they might mean, you know, for us. Um, the ancient astrologers would like look at events and they would like list these eclipses or lunations full of new moons and then they would write down you know anything that would happen you know earthquakes or uh, rains you know they were concerned about their crops um, you know whether a leader passed away or you know things like that so sometimes these eclipses took on um, great meaning they found that certain leaders would let's say be born or die um, on an eclipse but that most of the time um there were events that happened and a lot of times you could say well of course there's an event because if you have a solar eclipse for instance where the moon is the sun is blocked and it lasts you know sometimes it lasts for quite a while you know as let's say the one that we had in the united states in um, 2017 um, or the one that you had that was very visible throughout europe in, um, 1999. So you get these eclipses that get noted, you know, because the sky goes dark for an extended period of time. Mm. So, you know, so, so that's why they get, um, they get very noted because of the difference. And, you know, especially when you have a solar eclipse, that's total, that's visible and and every eclipse is going to be visible in different parts of the world. Um, you will get, as we did in america we noted that very you know strongly especially with social media we could you know see this eclipse as it was happening on on television or on the um you know on our computers and we saw for instance in different areas that the animals you know would start to kind of you know cry or come out at night and make their sounds that they usually do at night because it was dark and so they thought it was the nighttime. So it, it was very interesting that especially that eclipse because we were all so attuned to it, you know, to, to mm. view what was going on. So that's just in a nutshell
0: a little bit about explainers. In a nutshell. <laughs> there I, there is a lot to them. Like I'd I'd love to yeah. hear how you because it it is the one astrological event where people are grabbed, like the world is grabbed. Um, mm-hmm. because of that visual aspect of it, of course. Um, And so every time we have, especially a total uh, solar or an annular solar or a total lunar, Mm -hmm. it it really grabs the the attention of the public. Um, But for you yourself, when you say, look at the upcoming year. So, of course, I'd love to talk about the eclipses Mm -hmm. um, upcoming this year. But any year when you look at the eclipses, what's the first thing you start honing in on as an astrologer?
1: Well, when I look at the eclipses, um, you know, because I also I always do a year ahead workshop. So I'm always attuned to looking at the eclipses. But one of the things I do is I'll look at where the planets are in relation to that eclipse. So, um, you know, if they're all very, very close together, so then you get that that planet is going to have an effect on on how that eclipse is looked at. So if you have Saturn, you know, very close to the eclipse or Mercury or Venus, and and these are all written about um, in the text, you know, for anybody that really wants to look at this. It's the Brihat Samhita, which is a very big book by Varahamihira, Mahira. And that really um, encapsulates um, a lot of information about eclipses. Some of it is just related to different parts of India. And you have to kind of translate that into modern terms. But chapter five would be the um, chapter all about eclipses. But when I look at an eclipse, I'll look at, for instance, where all the planets are, how close they are together. When you have um, a, a total eclipse, for instance, or an annular eclipse, the nodes of the moon are going to be very close to the sun and the moon. So that means that at some point, the nodes will come to conjoin the sun and moon. So I look at that. The total eclipse means that the nodes will hit the sun or moon, the same degree a few you know very closely after or prior so that means the effect of it is very intense when you have a partial eclipse maybe the node of the moon um, would hit that same degree six months after or before or seven months after or before so that's what I look at I look at when the planets are going to hit that degree so when the planets are conjoining or very close like let's say the one in December last December 26th, I could see that all of these planets Jupiter was very close to the sun and the moon and the node was 3 to you know 4 degrees away and so it was going to hit that degree Mars was going to come to that degree so that always is how I view eclipses because I don't look at it as one event I look at the span of the eclipse so that was why the one in December 26 the last one had its very strong effects in February and March be- and that's when of course the pandemic really you know kind of let loose. Um and so I look at where I look at the bunch of planets that are around that eclipse. Um I also look at obviously I look at the sign that it's in but I'm I'm actually more concerned with the planets. Um even though the sign you know in the text in Brihat Samita will say if an eclipse is in a certain sign, it also says if an eclipse is conjoined by a certain planet um or a planet is opposite it and aspecting it. Obviously, they say when different planets aspect the eclipses, um, different things happen, mostly bad. I mean, everything is like, there's pestilence or leaders are, you know, killed. But but I really look at that combination of planets and I look at the span, you know, of those eclipses. I also look at whether they're total or they're partial. So, um, you know, this year, for instance, when you look at the eclipses, the solar eclipses, you had December 26th, you had an annular eclipse. And then on June 21st, this year, we have an annular eclipse. And that's kind of like a total eclipse because the, the nodes are very close to the sun and moon and in, in terms of the shadow that it's casting. So They really work very similarly. And then in December 14th, you get a solar total. So you're getting like three eclipses, um, one after the other, the solars, that are going to be kind of total. So you know that that's going to have a very powerful effect. Um, But mostly I look at the malefics. I look at Mars, Saturn, and the nodes, and when they're going to um, conjoin those points, you know, and, um, and look at that. You know, as well, of course, the nakshatras that they're in. Um, so I, so, I mean, I'm doing a lot of things. That's the first thing mm-hmm. <laughs> you're saying. What's the first thing I look at? I'm just looking kind of, you know, all of that, all of it, it's, all of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then I also look, I use the metonic cycle, which is very important. The metonic cycle is every 19 years. Um, certain eclipses will fall on the same day. So this is a little different than the sorrow cycle. And it, it usually has an effect, probably about three eclipses work like that. So the minute I see this year that we have an eclipse June 21st, which is on the solstice, um, I, I also remember, obviously, because if you've been doing astrology long enough, you can go back to different cycles. I remember that 19 years prior, um, to 2020, the eclipses of 2001. Um, were the ones that also had a lot to do with 9/11. So <clears throat> that was this year. One of the first things, you know, I thought of that right now. We're in a 19-year cycle from 2001, which was, of course, a you know extraordinarily intense year because of 9/11. So mm. that kind of, you know, kind of caught my eye this year, especially.
0: Mm. And of course, that would mean as well that it would bring in just for listeners as well, uh, the nakshatras, um, Ronnie mentioned there, they're the lunar mansions that are used in Indian astrology. And so you're looking at those as well, that return of the nodes to those lunar mansions, of course.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Because if they're
1: because that means that when you go back, when you go back 19 years, you know, what you see basically is that on June 21st, 2001, um, it was exactly on the same degree. So it's also going to be six Gemini, and it's also going to be Mir- Um But you also get that the the nodes of the moon, at that time, the Mars and Ketu were also conjoining, and they were also conjoining in Capricorn. So the thing was that they also hit um, opposite to that solar eclipse degree, Um, you know, in uh, September. And that's what we had this year. So in addition to just having the eclipse repeating, um, what we had in uh, February and March, you know, this particular year was the fact that we had Mars conjoining the eclipse degree February 22nd, and then Mars conjoined Ketu February 25th, and then Ketu join the eclipse degree March 22nd. So February and March kind of mirrored to me 9-11 in, in that respect. I mean, I didn't necessarily think that we were going to have a terrorist attack to that magne- of that magnitude. I didn't even think there would be a pandemic, although other astrologers have gone back. You know, to like the plague, and they've seen that the planets were all in the same positions. So there were astrologers that predicted pandemics. I mean, I sometimes will just predict, or I shouldn't say, or just kind of warn people or say, you know, we're going to have a very heavy year. You know, it's going to be very intense. Um, and because you're looking at eclipses, you also have to look at other things as well. Nothing happens, I don't think, by itself. But the eclipses alone give you that can give you that hint, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's going to be a very powerful year. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's really what the eclipses do. Now, you know, in, in classical writings, I don't think that they really used eclipses in natal charts. So, you know, when we look at our own charts and we see if we have an eclipse, you know, hitting, you know, a planet in our chart or the Lagna or the Ascendant or something like that, then we kind of relate that many times to the nodes you know we'll say okay if we have an eclipse somewhere we're going to have to have the nodes around that same you know sign around that same degree Um, but otherwise the eclipses i think relating to natal charts came about later on but you can read all about eclipses in terms of mundane astrology you know in terms of just looking at the sky and kind of predicting events Mm. um, you know because that was what they really looked at. They didn't look at natal charts early on. Then li- later on, of course, they started doing natal charts.
0: Right, but, right. You know. And I want to ask you as well, Ronnie, about um, aspects. Because I know that you have a background in Western astrology also. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you use both uh, sidereal and tropical zodiacs. Do you incorporate the um, the other aspects in that you would normally use in um, Western astrology into you know, your interpretations?
1: Well, I usually am just using, when when I look at the eclipses, I mean, if you use everything, then you start to get a little bit, you know, it goes all over the place. Mm. So I really do look at the, you know, the conjunctions, which in both systems we use, you know, which is really just looking at when a planet and and, uh, two planets are on the same degree. So if you have an eclipse, then when a planet comes to that degree, and when I was talking about the nodes, the nodes are always going to come to that degree. So that's why I focused less on signs, because, you know, people come to my lectures, or I have clients that, you know, they like Western astrology. But when I teach, you know, and I look at the planets, it doesn't matter what sign it's in, because it's really those planets that are going to um, be close together and have nothing to do with the signs. It's just, They're going to be in whatever zodiac you use. So I do use those conjunctions. And then when I say aspect, I'm using what we call, you know, in in Vedic astrology, the the full aspect, which is in Western astrology. It's called an opposition, but we look at it as one 180 degrees, you know, from a planet. So I use that um, and I use the you know, I'll use the trines, which are the Jupiter, um, you know, the Jupiter aspects the 120 degrees. Um, And I'm going to use, I mean, the thing is, is that when you're using things like what we call squares in Western astrology, which is 90 degrees, um, that also will um, agree with the minor aspects in Vedic astrology. So it's not really um, that far-fetched. So when you're looking at, um, you know, when you're looking, for instance, um, at eclipses, and you know we're looking now at let's say take the eclipse of um you know that eclipse that i was talking about december 26th because it's having its after effects now um you can take mars and you can move it ahead um for signs and you know in western astrology that will be a square however in Indian astrology, it's still going to have um, an effect because it's going to go forward um, 10 signs. So when, so let, let me put it in better language. So when you had December 26, let's say that solar eclipse, it was 10 degrees of Sagittarius. Now, when you had the Mars, you know, coming to that degree of tw- 10 Sagittarius, um, that was February 22nd. Okay, so now Mars is moving forward, and we know that Mars is going to be in Pisces and Aries um, in, in the in the Indian zodiac, the sidereal zodiac for about you know seven eight months so that means that when mars hits 10 degrees of pisces in july um beginning of july that is gonna be what we call in the west a square but it means that it's going to form a 10th house aspect you know what i mean so it's moving forward Mm -hmm. 10 houses and that is also a minor aspect in indian astrology so it works i mean it's a the mars aspects are four and eight Moving forward, the full aspects, but they are also considered um, 50% aspects in terms of the minor aspects. So it, it actually is still having an effect, even if it's not called a square. So those aspects actually are the same. You know what I'm saying? If you're not right, right. doing, so they're minor aspects, which which I use. You know, I was always taught to use those minor
0: aspects.
1: Which yeah, is, and of course, uh, yeah. So they work you know so that's the thing it's like i'm not i don't i i really you know i i teach mostly vedic astrology when i do my year ahead classes or i do things that have to do eclipse with eclipses which are so um non zodiacally uh related i i don't look at them zodiacally. i just look at them in terms of the planets and that's how i can do it with either system you know
0: right, so it
1: right. kind of works
0: and of course like you say um there are those minor aspects and everything is aspecting or influencing everything else in some shape or form anyway yeah
1: definitely. some degree so it's definitely. just whether it's
0: a full-on aspect or not definitely. but um that, that makes complete sense another thing i wanted to ask you about as well though is taking it out of the chart and observing the aspects actually observing it physically because like i said like this is the one thing astrologically that grabs the world's attention when there's a full eclipse so yeah. I've heard before that some some astrologers say that lunar eclipses um, should be visible, that you need to see a lunar eclipse for it to be impactful, whereas a solar eclipse, whether you can see it in your region or not, is impactful. Have, you, have How do you approach that?
1: Well, yeah. So I think that when you have an eclipse, um, well, when you're saying seeing it, I mean, you know, when, when you have an eclipse, the, the heavenly body is blocked. <laughs> you know, so, mm. so it's kind of, but yes, you feel the effect hundred when you feel like an hundred, like there's a hundred percent visibility of a solar eclipse. It means that it's a hundred percent blocked. And that's why, for instance, the sky will go dark. So I think that's what you mean. The effect of that eclipse. I mm. don't usually, um, I, I, I don't usually think that if you can't see it, it's not appropriate or not applicable. I don't really look at it that way, Um, but I do look at it when you have an eclipse, especially a solar eclipse, because you have what's called the path of totality, which you don't have with the lunar eclipse. You can look on any computer program and look on a map, and it will tell you, for instance, which parts of the world um, the eclipses are going to be visible. So that doesn't mean they don't affect you because I think it's like we have one sky. So the eclipses are kind of hitting everything. But when you have different eclipses, they're going to kind of come around um you know in their path, you know to be uh, 100% visible, um 75% visible and you can kind of see that. Um you know you can see that on a map. So you know, if you look, for instance, at the December 26, 2019 eclipse, that eclipse was very visible um, in, for instance, the Middle East. Saudi Arabia had that very visibly. And in the fall, um, actually, Saudi Arabia was in the news a lot. If you look through China, You'll see that the solar eclipse was 25% visible um, in China, and even now, the eclipse of June 21st, this coming eclipse, is going to be 100% visible in China, all throughout the, um, you know, all throughout Asia. So you're getting these. These, these countries that are going to be, um, you know, obviously in the news. Now, when we had the eclipse of 2017, that was the eclipse that was 100 percent visible, let's say, in America. And that's why in America everybody was flipping out, because it was at the same um, rising degree as Donald Trump's ascendant. You know, and, you know, everybody was, like, oh, something's going to happen to Trump. But really, I mean, I oftentimes, you know, obviously, because I'm American, I'm looking at the American chart maybe more than other countries, only in that I look at the leader of the country as representing the country. So I wasn't that concerned with with Trump himself. I was more concerned with the country. And indeed, right around those eclipses, what happened is we had all those hurricanes and floods. You know, we had Houston and then we had Puerto Rico. And we just had floods and hurricanes that were way more damaging um, than they would have been. And that eclipse path was—it was 100% visible. Um, throughout, uh, let's say it went from Oregon and then it went down to North Carolina, but it was 75% visible right through Houston and right through the islands where Puerto Rico was and Florida. So actually where all those you know hurricanes and floods occurred, that was where that eclipse was um, was 75% visible. So in that sense, um, yes, I mean, that part of the country got it very heavily. So when you look at June 21st, for instance, instance, um, you know, and you can see if you look, you know, in most computer programs, they will have this. But if you can see it's 100 percent visible throughout China, it's going to be 75 percent visible also through China, through Vietnam, you know, through south of China. So it's very, very, very possible that there's going to be maybe weather conditions. I mean, I don't know if it's pandemic related. It could be weather conditions. It's going to be very powerful through India also this June 21st eclipse. So you're going to be able to see it very, very, very powerfully um, in that area of the world as well. Um, So, you know, that is very, very, very true. I have found Um, that when you have eclipses that are um, 100% visible, you can really, really see, um, or even 20, you know, 75% visible. You can see where in the world, um, you know, there there might be really a lot of attention drawn to it. But I think that these eclipses, for instance, that are happening now, I mean, the reason I was a little alarmed this year really had to do with the fact that Mars, um, you know, and Ketu, And Saturn were all so close to these eclipses um, in the beginning of the year and then that Mars and Ketu hit the eclipse degree in February and March and that's why February and March was alarming to me but you know and also because it mirrored 9-11 but again I had no idea that it was going to be this bad. Or maybe I just, I don't like to think it's going to be this bad. So right, right. I don't like say, oh yeah, it's going to be terrible. Um, so there are a lot of things that, you know, I think people have kind of come up with that I'm not really sure always work out. In the text, it also says, as we were in your in your note, you asked me, um, if you have a lunar followed by a solar, is it different than a solar followed by a lunar? Mm. Um, and, you know, of course, logically, if you look at it, if you have a solar eclipse first and two weeks later, a lunar eclipse, you're going from new moon to full moon, which is supposed to be better because you're, you know, you're in a waxing cycle. Um, and even in the text, it does say that if you go from a solar to a lunar, then, you know, it might be a better time because you're going into a waxing cycle. Um, and then if you go from, a, you know, a full moon or, you know, lunar to a solar, It's it's more, um, you know, inauspicious, so to speak. I've not always found that, though, in practice. So I just have to say that. But yes, in the texts, that is is what they say, because logically you're in a waxing cycle. Um, So, for instance, if you look at the upcoming eclipse, June 5th, that's a lunar. um, And then you go to uh, June 21st and that's a solar. So you might say, okay, that June 5th to June 21st period, you're going into a waning cycle. You know, which is not necessarily great, and then you're going back into a uh, waxing cycle because the next eclipse is July 5th, and that's a lunar. You know, so right. you know, I think so. Those are the things you kind of look at and think, okay, well, it is ending on a waning moon. Right, you know?
0: right. You know, maybe that's so a So, in terms of these, I want to jump into these eclipses yeah. for 2020 sure. because um obviously our listeners will be very interested to hear about them <laughs> upcoming <laughs> eclipses and all that we I all know, get our ears pricked up when we hear about eclipses and astrology but i'm just wondering um what do you see um these solstices uh, how do you see that as significant i mean that doesn't happen that often have you looked back at that over time over you know eclipses in the past
1: well again that happened on nine eleven. You know, on September 11th, we had, um, yeah, I mean, not on 9-11, but then the eclipse associated with it, June 21st, 2001, which was right. 19 years right. ago. And by that, the
0: way, you, the people are referring to what's happening at the moment as if it were like a, a 9-11 type of event.
1: Right. You know, in the aftermath. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Although we've surpassed 9-11 in terms of right. deaths. Yeah you know, for sure. But 9-11, you know, the thing is with 9-11 is that it happened in New York, but it affected the whole world. So it wasn't as if it was just a New York event. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, in fact, went on 9-11. I was in Scotland. I happened to have been in Edinburgh mm-hmm. on a vacation. <laughs> and um, and we went to church, you know, in Edinburgh. You know, they had services. It affected everybody because, it, you know, the World Trade Center had, inter- it was international. There were people from all countries um, you know, there. And of course, then, you know, the war happened and, you know, everybody helped America. So it was very, you know, it was an international event for sure. And so, it's still yeah.
0: affecting us, you know, it's, we still have our travel plans impacted, or just even basically, you know, when you go through customs, you know, checking in all your liquids, you know, that's right. more changed. And you can right. see that happening again now with travel.
1: Right. Travel is going to be affected for a long time. As you say, everything changed. And there was a long time that when you dropped somebody off at the airport, you couldn't go in unless you were the passenger. Now they've relieved, you know, they've kind of let go a little bit of that. But yes, the liquid uh, for sure. But that's why the 19 year metonic cycle for me is very important. And, you know, I do look at that when I look at eclipses, which ones have been involved in that 19 year cycle. So we had 2000. 2001. Um, and then, of course, like 10 years in between, you're going to have the eclipses reverse. So December 21st, 2010, we had a total lunar eclipse and that was the winter solstice, you know, and that was going to be, of course, it's, it's the same degree because it was a lunar eclipse rather than a solar. So it's all going to be in Rick Shira at five to six degrees of Gemini. And then when you get going back 19, you know, years Um, prior to that, you're going to get June 21st, 1982. Um, and that's in the middle of the AIDS epidemic or pandemic which is still going on today um i don't know if that you can you know and that went on quite a few years you know because it took them a long time to find you know a drug that would um um you know kind of relieve i mean you i mean you can still get hiv but at least you have a drug that you can live with it It right and it's
0: actually interesting to see how um, another cycle or two cycles later in terms of those eclipses and those cycles is that they haven't come up with a cure for it but they did that you know eight year study where they found you you cannot pass it on when you're on this treatment so it's right. almost like it has had some sort of a resolution in a way it's not curable obviously but
1: right so those are, so those three eclipses were all on solstices um, and then of course you know you do get like I said midway through you will get the reverse And, you know, like 1991, December 21st, you had a lunar on a winter solstice, Um, you know. But I think the main thing is that these particular eclipses, because they're on certain degrees Um, And they are on, you know, in certain nakshatras, I mean, Riksheera is a Mars ruled nakshatra, um, and it's also a very kind of travel oriented nakshatra, which is interesting, Um, Mm. but you get the nodes, I mean, the nodes are going to be every 18.6 years, so the nodes are going to be in those particular signs every 18.6 years. Um, the nakshatras are going to be the same. But yes, I find that the solar eclipse, as I said, in Samita it does say that if you have the eclipse, um, you know, on the solstice, It's also going to be something that is going to be very uh, difficult, but it says here the eclipse that's in the winter solstice, it says, will destroy Brahmins and kings, for instance, but in the summer solstice, it destroys traders and laborers. So they're talking about, you know, the the caste, the classes, so the Vaishas and the Shudras. But the thing is, is that, so here very specifically, it does say um, during the summer solstice, it affects the working class, which which it is happening right now. That is affecting Mm. the working class. But I think also, like I said, most of the time the eclipses are going to be looked at very um, negatively in these texts. But yes, I think that the, um, so I think occurring on a solstice, um was noted in the ancient texts, but also the solstice is a power point, so to speak, you know in the world um so I think that's important, but more important for me when I looked at it was just the mirroring of nine eleven um and the mirroring of the fact that on june twenty first the the because it's a solar annular eclipse, which is like a total, the node is going to be, um, you know, like within, you know, a little bit more than one degree um, of the eclipse. But the interesting thing with that particular eclipse is that the node of the moon um, already conjoined the eclipse degree. And that happened in April. So the the eclipse of June 21st is kind of in a sense going to be Um, it's kind of like a culmination in some respects um, because of the fact that it is the – it's kind of – June 21st is sort of like the opposite of December 26th, you know, because they are six months apart. So you had – when you had the Mars, um, you know, and the Ketu conjoin the eclipse degree of December – What you had with the December, with the June 21st, the upcoming one, is that you had Mars and Rahu opposite that point. So you had it. Mars opposite the eclipse degree in February, Rahu conjoining the eclipse degree of June 21st on April 25th. So we're already now in the June 21st eclipse period because the node hit it already. So that's the span of this eclipse. So if you go back to that week in April, um, you know, I, I do believe there were, there were some events that were happening. I, right now I can't remember, but, but we're still in this this pandemic we are still in a point where we're going to relieve some of the um, restrictions and i'm just you know afraid that once again it's going to start to you know mount up you know because of the fact that this eclipse is going to be like the climax of something that was happening from april onwards now one can say that means it's going to reduce and release um but then again we're going to go to the um we're going to go to the lunar of july 5th so you know people can say okay that's a good thing because we're going again from solar to lunar so it might be more hopeful um right. I, I don't know i'm 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 thinking that that is going to be some kind of um some kind of climax you know when we have these eclipses in the summer and when we have this eclipse in the summer It is going to be I mean, you know, if you look at this, you know, Zodiac, it's going to be in Gemini and it's, again, going to be, you know, this this kind of airborne travel thing. Maybe travel will be lifted. You know, I think that that's a possibility, too. Um, But but I think that right now we're still kind of in the heart of this June 21st eclipse. I think that's really the key because the node already hit that degree. You know, so that's kind of like, um, you know, kind of like one of the things that I'm um, I'm looking at. Um, And then I'm going to December 20, you know, December 14th. You know, when we go to December 14th, um, that's another solar total eclipse. Um, And that's going to be at the very, very end of um, Scorpio. It's in Jesta. And so it's kind of like on the border. You know, we're sort of bordering um, jeshta and mula, which is kind of interesting uh, because mula is, again, um, the destructive, you know, nakshatra that the nodes are still in. I mean, the nodes are not going to be changing um, signs until September. So the nodes are still traveling through, um, you know, through um, mula. Um, and we get the, I mean, Ketu's traveling through Mula. And so we're still in that kind of destructive phase. But the, the one on December 14th, the solar total eclipse, again, that mirrors the metonic cycle of December 14th, 2001. So, you know, so between June and December, we're like mirroring again, you know, that eclipse of 2001. Um, and, and of course, when we had, it didn't stop on 9-11 you know it went through Mm -hmm. that whole fall and you know we had of course the um you know the I, i i believe that was when we had the invasion of afghanistan so um and and it wasn't just america because all our allies in europe went there as well. So that period between June and December. So I'm I'm expecting, you know, and again I look at other things besides eclipses, but I'm expecting things to be happening that are not just pandemic related. You know, I think countries and borders and and you know, I think this that's why it's a very angry year. Um, You know, because of, um, you know, where these eclipses are and the signs that they're in, the nakshatras, you know, they're, um, you know, these Rigashira and then we have um, Jeshta. You know, so right. it's uh, you know what I mean? So it's a kind yeah, of yeah. very um, so. So I do look at these eclipses as bringing, um, you know, really a lot of change this year. Um, changes in governments as well. I don't think it's going to be totally pandemic related. Um, it might right. be as an, it might be as a result of the pandemic, you know, but I think that mm. we're going to rethink a lot of um, a lot of borders and, and things like that. So, you know, that's the thing that's very. Yeah powerful i think this year
0: you know i think the key word you use there is change of course because Mm -hmm. you know that's what they ultimately bring and that, that you've answered my question really one of the questions i had for you was um how long an eclipse um has an impact for but of course you could say that it has an impact forevermore in many ways because it changes things forevermore but you know you hear some astrologers talk about how you know, the the next eclipse kind of replaces the previous one. It's like a new theme. Mm-hmm. Or you also hear, and I'm not sure if it's in the, the text, Brihat um, but um, as the length of time for the eclipse in right. minutes, for example, and how you correlate that with how many years right. um, that eclipse will have an impact. I've heard that also. Do you have any views on that?
1: Well, I think that when you're looking at these eclipses, um, a lot of times they do have an impact for a longer period of time. I don't know if there's an exact formula. I know some astrologers have given these exact formulas for every, if you have a solar eclipse for every minute, it's a year. And uh, I, I don't know if that's something that just people started developing or it's actually written about. But the longer the magnitude, the more powerful the eclipse lasts you know, then you can say, well, that eclipse is going to be, you know, still in effect. Um, but, I, I, you know, the thing that was interesting was the one in 1999 in August that was also a very, very powerful solar eclipse um, that you saw totally in, in the UK, actually, and probably in Ireland also. It I was, remember that one, know,
0: actually, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. That was a very powerful eclipse. Now, on 9-11, for instance, the planet Venus um, – which is was a morning star then which is not considered to necessarily be the nicest venus that's what's going to be happening this time too because venus is going to be con, you know retrograding and conjoining the sun and then it rises as a morning star um that was at the same degree as the eclipse degree of 1999 now some people were saying well that's two years later is it really you know going to have an effect well the magnitude i remember of that degree of that eclipse was like seven minutes or something so people were saying oh that degree is going to be potent um you know for seven years i don't know if that's the case because also mars and ketu were on the eclipse degree um you know of june 21st so we had other things that were on the you know on eclipse degrees um right, you know right. the, so i don't know i mean the interesting thing of course also is in 2017. The last time that we had an eclipse that was completely, totally power visible throughout the United States was in 1918, which was the pandemic of the flu, the Spanish flu. And at that time, I remember when I was teaching about the eclipse, I said, well, the last time we had an eclipse that had a similar path through america there were other eclipses that you could see totally but they didn't go from the west coast of america all the way you know to the east coast so 1918 was the last time i said wow and that was the spanish flu so i don't know if this is gonna you know the 2017 eclipse if that was going to repeat it now some people i've been talking to saying well maybe That is what the 2017 eclipse was mirroring. And if we really look at that one from the summer, maybe we could see that it did have a strong effect for a couple years. I don't know. You know, I mean, you can kind of pull, you can pull hairs out of anything. Sure, but. You know what I'm saying? But but that was that eclipse um, and and other things also related to 1918. But that was the last time. And even though that was a worldwide pandemic, the Spanish flu, they said that there was, um, you know, it started really heavily in uh, the state of Kansas in, in a military base here in America. So there was a whole um, a whole thing about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, It wasn't that that's where it started. People I mean, they don't know where it started, but because of World War One, they thought that everybody brought things home from the trenches and and all of that but
0: um but 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 of course we're seeing that again now with this pandemic because the dates keep shifting around um countries stating that even france you know countries in europe stating that they had cases much earlier right um than what was stated you know in china
1: Right, exactly, exactly. But I mean, if people really are, I mean, obviously, people want to know about how the eclipses affect them, you know, and I would say, look at those degrees, look at the degrees of the eclipses, you know, um, you know, especially the total ones. I mean, the one in, in June 21st, you know, obviously, it's about six degrees of Gemini and the one December 14th. Um, If you look at the solar totals are going to be uh, 23, um, you know, Sagittarius. And if you want to look at those, you can look and see if you have any planets that are, you know, within one or two degrees of that. And then, you know, you can look and see what that's awakening. I think what it does is it awakens um, and brings to life whatever that planet represents generically, you know, like Venus represents love, but it also represents whatever house it rules or whatever house it's in in your chart. And even if you don't have a planet close to it, you know that it's going to be in a house in your chart. So the, the eclipses mirror the nodes. And so when you're looking at nodal transits, you're always looking at the fact that the nodes are going to be in a certain area of your chart, you know, for about a year and a half. You know, so right now we have, you know, those um, nodal transits that are in the signs of Gemini and Sagittarius. And we also know that in September, around the 20th, depending on if you use true or mean, they will then flip, go, because they go retrograde, they're going into Taurus and Scorpio. So they are going to then change, let's say in your natal chart, the houses that they're in, and you're going to get the eclipses. Um, you know, that follow suit. So the eclipses start appearing um, in those signs of the zodiac as well. So for a year and a half, you know, they will be in certain signs, the eclipses and the nodes, you know, they will kind of flip a little bit. It's not going to be completely Gemini, Sag and Taurus, Scorpio, because they will, then certain eclipses will go back to the other sign. But that's what you're going to have over the next, you know, couple of years, you're going to have Taurus and Scorpio being um accentuated now a lot of people say yo yeah we're gonna have economic recovery and you know so they're gonna be the the you know monetary signs and things like that um but there'll be a lot of other things that i think are gonna um you know happen Mm. um
0: you know, just can I go back to those actually dates that you referred to there? Even just this year, um you were mentioning, of course, the July or sorry, the June 21st, the solstice eclipse. But then mm-hmm. the uh, December 14th is uh, 28 degrees of Scorpio. I think you mentioned 23 Sagittarius. It's probably tropical. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> that's fine. I'm just sorry. for our listeners here, you're it's right. mostly Yeah. You're yeah. right.
1: I was looking because <laughs> right, I have I have both out. I'm sorry. That's no,
0: 29 that's degrees that's of Scorpio. You're Twi- tw- right. 28? T- yeah, <laughs> yeah, Scorpio. So. If, if, <laughs> listeners yeah. just they might uh, be more familiar with their sidereal zodiac than their tropical yeah. no, uh,
1: no no i i apologize yeah. for that yeah because i said before it was in Jesta. it was at the very end exactly
0: yeah yeah know? no i know you know it's just that you know because i know you work with both so
1: no i had it i had it just on a on a piece of paper i had both systems there but yes yes, yes. i'm sorry but Great. mercury will also be a 26 and ketu yeah 25 scorpio yeah, so that's another that even, kind of
0: mishmash there isn't there
1: well, it's a very tight solar eclipse. That's the thing, and that solar eclipse, um, you know, the nodes of the moon will have occur will have occurred um, in September. You know, because as I said, in September they're moving into um, Scorpio and Taurus. So the node is going to be on the eclipse degree at the end of September. So we are going to have from the end of September through December 14th, uh, sorry, December, yeah, December 14th, that's going to be the, um, span of that eclipse. So it is going to begin at the end of September. So the fall, I mean, the fall, you have to take all the other considerations. You know, we have Jupiter, Pluto coming back if you use Pluto, but we have Mars retrograde, And that's going to be going retrograde from, um, you know, September 9th to November 14th. Um, So we're going to have a I mean, it's going to be a lot of change between September and December. Of course, in America, we have the election that's going to be insane. But um, I think that that's going to be really um, that eclipse again because it's a total solar eclipse sort of, you know, packs, you know, kind of like marks off this whole period of um you know especially the solar eclipses you know from last december 26th june 21st and then you know december 14th um so it, yeah and it's a very if you're if you're really looking at it it's that very last degree of scorpio which is considered to be what we call a gandanta degree you know what i mean because it's the very last um three degrees of um, the fixed signs in the first three degrees of the um, dual signs, so that's when you're getting those what we call gandanta, because that's when also the um, the signs change, but the nakshatras change from uh, Jeshtha Mula. So it's it's a very um, you know whenever you have those particular gandanta degrees, they're very potent. So I think that that's when when the south node when Ketu comes to those degrees at the end of September around September 29th, that's when you're going to start to see um, what is kind of a a warning sign to what that eclipse is bringing. Um, And I think that, again, if we relax you know, if we get relaxed again into, um, you know, the restrictions being lifted, I have a feeling that that's once again what's going to happen, that the fall is going to be virulent again, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I worry about
0: with the fall, you know. and Or, or as you say, it could be something else entirely um, that occurs.
1: It could be uh, something as well as having to do with borders and and mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, again, that scorpionic um, kind of quality of death and rebirth. And I think that a lot of well, I mean, obviously, we have the American election, but I think throughout the world, there seems to be changes, I think, in leadership and countries and a lot of anger. Um, again, it's going to mirror the eclipse of 2001, December 2001. And, you know, that whole fall of 2001 was the aftermath of 9-11, you know, and the invasion of Afghanistan and all of that. So I think that we are still headed for. Um, yeah, And when I listen to the scientific community, because I am somebody who does listen to it I mean, I use astrology, but I, I I listen to the medical and scientific community. That's kind of what they're saying. Right. They are talking about second waves, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not sure. It's not really a second wave. It's kind of like an extension of the first wave. You know what I mean? It's like all connected.
0: Right, right. Really but it could also safe. be, I guess, something that leads on from the pandemic, like from 9-11 and the, the aftermath of that. Being a separate event even though it led from that right I, I could i cannot imagine what that could be leading on from a pandemic but that something may get triggered um, right. and of course there's the economy because we didn't talk about this is all about eclipses but soon after that december 14th the eclipse we have saturn and jupiter exactly, exactly. conjunct on the solstice
1: Right, exactly. So So I think that it is a new cycle. I mean, that's why when people have asked me, oh, when do you think this will end? I'm like, you know what, I'm not a scientist. But if I have to look astrologically, it seems that the Jupiter Saturn conjunction might be what is going to bring about Um, You know, some kind of change, Um, you know, simply because of the fact that, you know, you get that again, the 20 year cycle, of course, you know, so you had that Jupiter Saturn conjoining in May 2000, Um, you know, so you, you do have a whole new period of um you know of change um what that change will bring i don't you know i don't know but you're right it is on the um it is on the solstice um and if you look of course at the eclipse chart of december 14th jupiter and saturn are conjoining in capricorn so they are very 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 close together um and and then you get that year you know you get the uh you know the the saturn um, you get Jupiter moving ahead of Saturn. I mean, that's really what I've been telling people about this year. In addition to the eclipses, of course, we have all the retrogrades. There's so many things happening this year. So the eclipses alone don't tell the story, even though they do tell a very major part of the story. But you have, when you have the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, you know, and especially Jupiter now is in the same position it was in in 2008. So we had, you know, the, the recession of 2008, 2009, and then the rebuilding of it, you know, because Jupiter is a 12 year cycle. But what happens with the Jupiter Saturn conjunction is that right now Jupiter is 12th from Saturn. It's it's behind it, you know, so Saturn is leading the way. What happens when you get the Jupiter Saturn conjunction is then that Jupiter moves ahead of Saturn. So when Jupiter pulls ahead of Saturn, it's 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 kind of leading the race forward. You know what I mean? Like it catches up, you know, like if it's in a race, Jupiter's mm-hmm. behind Saturn and then it catches up and passes it. So yeah, it's kind of like a reconstruction or a rebuilding, you know, because definitely because the eclipses are in different signs and because Jupiter is moving forward. So, um, you have a rebuilding, but the rebuilding doesn't take, you know, one day or a week or a month. It takes a couple of years, you know? So, right and Jupiter is still in the Saturn sign. So, you know, I think definitely we have another couple years of, you know, the same thing that happened in 2008, 2009, 2009, 2010, were years when everything was downsizing, and then it had to get rebuilt. And of course, the economy then, you know, got rebuilt, you know, and was fine. But we had a couple years there of unemployment, a lot of unemployment, a lot of downsizing, a lot of um, at least here in America, you know, real estate getting closed up. Um, you know, so we have that, we had that after nine 11 also. So we do have these, you know, I, I think you always have to go back to cycles, you know, and really see what happened before when things were at, um, you know, particular, um, particular degrees. And, you know, as I said, the, the, the 2001, eclipse and the one in 2020 you know when you go back to that metonic cycle Um, And you see where they were. You also see that December 21st, 2010, um, that was when you had the um, lunar eclipse at that same degree, you know, of of five degrees of Gemini. And so you're getting also that is the year that really I think the economy really started to pick up again. Um, So in between those cycles. So I think that those you know, I think that's kind of like the important thing. Um, You know, for this year, I I don't want to, like, say that everything is doom and gloom. But, you know, it's kind of like, it's a hard year. I mean, there is no doubt about it, you know, that this is a hard year. Um, And, you know, there's nothing you can really do.
0: You I know, don't just, think you need to tell anyone that twice.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, what are you going to so, do? Right. And then you get, you know, you get these eclipses that are Mercury is going to be conjoining the eclipse of December 14th, um, right in there. And, and any time you have eclipses where a planet is, you know, conjunct, I mean, again, that's not supposed to be great. So, um, so you really see that planet um, you know that is going to um you know do something so it 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 is going to damage things if you you know if you look at these um the fact that mercury was um close to these eclipses um that that becomes like it's being con- combust you know but also very specifically mercury conjoining the eclipse in the Samita, you know talks about well, it talks about everybody being damaged, really, but, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's also talking about, you know, the learned, you know, kings, you know, so it is talking about damages to people in power, you know, so that's mm. why I think that that eclipse is going to be kind of, you know, the, the fall, it's going to come back, you know, really kind of strongly, you know, because right. of, because again, it's a very tight solar eclipse, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but again, eclipses bring things to the forefront you know, anything, it it really reveals secrets, it, it brings things out in the open. And I think that we will kind of get to the bottom of all this, you know, why we had the pandemic, what we can do to avoid it. And, you know, maybe we will get closer to, um, you know, having some kind of, you know, either vaccine or just figuring out how to live in a different way, because I do think it's going to change the way we live for sure.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah, um, it, it strikes me um as you're speaking there about how, you know, you're right about them revealing things, but they, I guess, equally uh, conceal things and obscure things because uh, sometimes things that, you know, uh, get kind of brushed under the carpet, because as this pandemic is going on, we've had so many things come out in the media that you just wouldn't even notice, like um, the fact that they've come up with a blood test that can uh, help cure 50 different types of cancer. Mm -hmm. early detection you know where did that go that's completely under the radar or you know Mm -hmm. how the pentagon released that video of ufos you know, mm-hmm. OK, <laughs> that's kind of a big deal. But like it didn't make much of it because it's just all clouded with what's going on. So it's that nature of the eclipse, isn't it? Obscuring and revealing simultaneously. Right.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's very, you know, in some respects, it's very scary. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure where you are, it's probably the same thing. I don't know if in Galway it's how what the situation is. Um,
0: it's pretty but, contained at the moment. I think yeah. it's, it's the, the numbers are dropping. It doesn't seem to be anywhere like it is in the U.S.,
1: Right. Well, I think the problem here, of course, is that what we have is we have all the hospitals are so devoted now to covid. That you know, I keep wondering. I keep saying, well, people still have to be having heart attacks. They still have to be having appendicitis attacks. I mean, what are they doing, you know? But uh, so so many of the um, so many of like tests that we take, you know, every year or something like that, they're all getting canceled or you know postponed. And um, I mean, people. So so you're really coming. And the thing that I think that it is revealing in a lot of ways is what is necessary and what's not necessary. So we have a lot of elective surgeries and elective procedures. That aren't happening. And you kind of look at it and think, well, they're elective. Maybe some of it is not necessary to begin with, you know. So Mm -hmm. we're seeing what we can live with, you know, that isn't killing us and that we can make stronger, you know, by our own means. Um, You know, it's a hard way to realize that. But I think that's what people at least people I know are kind of coming to terms with that, you know, and especially very elective things, you know, like getting your hair done, or, you know, <laughs> doing right, right. Getting, getting new clothes, you know, nobody, nobody's doing that. So mm. it's, uh, well, it's going to start opening up again. So it's kind of like interesting, it's making you really understand what is necessary and what's not necessary um, mm. in your in your life. And that might be a good thing, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's what we can do without really, isn't it?
1: Right. Right. You know, um,
0: this I've really enjoyed this um, conversation and I wish we could go on because, I mean, I would love to, but um, we probably should start wrapping it up. And I'm. it's just I've just thought as we were speaking about eclipses, how you've really chosen quite a, um, a part of astrology that's quite murky, shall we say, you know, know. say the least. It's that like you haven't chosen the most direct sort of let's, you know, predict this easily with this, this and this formula. And there you go, because it's the shadowy nature of the nodes, isn't it? Uh, do you exactly. sometimes think about that how mm-hmm. you know god you know you just can never kind of really uh, make a definitive statement with the nodes ever their shadows you know right
1: right i mean that's the whole idea that the nodes you know the whole story of the nodes and how they kind of became you know, chase the sun and the moon because the, you know, Rahu was decapitated and formed, you know, the two nodes and then they chase the sun and the moon and that's how they form eclipses. You know, they catch up, they swallow the sun and moon and then that's an eclipse. So yeah, it all has to do with that. And, um, you know, it's very interesting with India, you know, because Varamahira, for instance, was a very noted astronomer, astrologer, mathematician. And, you know, they are also kind of straddling the whole idea of being scientists but also having very strong belief um, you know, in the universe, in the planets, in the sky. And so even in Briyat Samhita in chapter five, which is I really recommend people reading it. I mean, you can get good translations. Um, and, you, you know, it's, it's interesting because he'll talk about the fact that, oh, no, 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 Rahu and Ketu really don't cause eclipses. You know, that's just myth. And that's just, you know, nonsense. But then, of course, at the end of the chapter, you know, he really does kind of go into but even if, you know, they don't cause eclipses, we still have to kind of, you know, honor them and sort of you know propitiate them during eclipses you know mm, so mm. he's kind of like trying to talk to both audiences you know right, his right, scientific right. base and also but but you know Indians can do that i think I, I think westerners have a harder time i mean not people like us who kind of don't have that hard time but you know there it's just you know normal to sort of believe in science but also um you know believe in astrology and power of the um of the universe you know it's so it's so you know, yeah you know yeah so yeah.
0: um
1: but yes eclipses are murky for sure the nodes are murky and that's what makes them so powerful i think because they creep up on you You know, Mm -hmm. they're kind of like their shadow planets. They're kind of like always behind you. You know, they're always casting a shadow and and suddenly eclipses come or the planets, those planets when they hit the degree of the eclipses. You know, I think that that's really what really stirs them, you know, into motion. And that's why this year is so interesting, because, you know, we get those nodes in February and March, hitting the one from last December, then the Rahu in April hitting the one in June 21st. And then we get the node in um september hitting the one in december so that's why when you have the total eclipses or annular eclipses the nodes are very close so we don't have a break we don't really have a break throughout the year when the nodes are um hitting the eclipse degrees and then we have the eclipses you know what i'm saying so right, right. maybe between june 21st and september we have a little bit of a break in terms of that but then it'll start all over again you know,
0: so. And we're really yeah. in in it now already with the next one, as you say, with uh, right. the North Node already at that degree of the right. 21st of June eclipse. So right. we're exactly. in it. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. So, it's so we shall we shall see. We'll have to watch this space because it's forever fascinating, isn't it? It's just yeah. forever on. Un- <laughs> uncovering things so yeah
1: yeah see. i mean let's hope there's not another 9-11 and you know i mean let's let's just hope that maybe some of the things that get revealed are positive you know that's all right. we can really do
0: at this yeah, point I absolutely think, you know. so ronnie um this has been great i really i really have enjoyed this um you've got such insights into the eclipses but i thought um um if you don't mind i'd ask you a few questions just to wrap it up just so our audience sure. could get to know a little bit more about you and your work sure. mm-hmm. um So one thing I would like to know, and this kind of gets a few people off guard in a way, is what would you do if you were not an astrologer? We all know you as an astrologer. What would you do if you weren't, if that were not an option?
1: Well, I started, when I started out, you know, in my life, I wanted to go into the theater. I wanted to act and I wanted to eventually direct um, and, uh, so that was always what I wanted to do. And I've always written, you know, I wrote books, so I've always wanted to be a writer. So I think I would have been involved in the arts, um, for sure. Well, I still consider what we do creative, but I would have, I, I, I really would have wanted to do, um, go through that route, you know, acting, directing, um, and in, involved in the arts on some level, especially theater. Which is still a love of mine. I still love going to the theater, and um, and of course I have a lot of clients that are involved in the theater and friends because I live in New York, so it's mm. um, you know. It's
0: Wouldn't it be great to, to see a a play, you know, of the planets, you know, a <laughs> modern take <laughs> right, right. <laughs> on all the planets
1: <laughs> and the stories? Yeah.
0: and yeah. um, Tell me, when were you first introduced to astrology, and was it love at first sight?
1: yeah well when i was a kid i loved going to the planetarium so i you know i love the planets anyway it was just something i always loved doing and i wanted a telescope but what happened really was i mean it's a long story and on my website there's um you know some some things written about me um that will tell the story but it's my father was in publishing and he brought home this this beautiful book called the complete astrologer by derek and julia parker that his oh company, i have that one Do you? Oh, great. Yeah, his company published that book in America. And he thought it was astronomy. He brought it home to me because he said, Oh, you might like this book. It's about planets and the stars. And I started reading it. And it was astrology, you know, And I thought, wow, and it taught you how to, you know, figure out your ascendant and all that. And so I just was completely, um, you know, as they say in the UK, besotted with it, you know, and I mm-hmm. couldn't put it. I couldn't put it down. And after that, I just started, you know, learning about it when I was in college and I was doing theater. You know, I always found people that were into astrology because the theater world, the arts, you know, they're all in, all into astrology here. They want to know when they're going to succeed, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and so. And that's what i did and then when i i traveled and i went to india and, and when i went to india i thought to myself oh i should find an astrologer and that's when i started learning indian astrology and that kind of took over my life um you know and that's what i started doing um yeah i started doing it really because i lived in europe and i didn't know what else to do to make money and somebody said why don't you just do some charts for people and that's kind of how it started then I started teaching and writing. So, yeah, so it's been a long time. But it started with that book. And I did get to meet Derek and Julia at a conference once in, in really? the UK. And I went up to them and I just said, listen, I have you to thank. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was wonderful yeah so that's, that's kind of how it started that's yeah. good to
0: hear that's a yeah. very special book for me as well but i think for other oh, yeah. reasons as well because a friend of mine who died some years ago actually gave it to me so oh. now it's become even more important it's kind of this oh. thing she gave me so yeah oh,
1: wow interesting oh,
0: so tell me um ronnie uh in terms of indian astrology then who uh, who have you studied under, or what what route did you go there when you went to India? Did you just well, I, obviously you didn't just happen upon a, a, an astrologer in India like that, did you?
1: Well, kind of. I mean, I went when I went to India. I mean, the introduction to my book that you have is the whole story. But when I went to mm-hmm. India, it was in the 70s when people were just traveling. You know, you could we went on a bus. We went through Iran, Afghanistan. You know, you could do that then. And when I got to India, there were a lot of you know, people I was on the bus with who were going to ashrams. Some of them were just going to the beach. Some of them were studying music. And I thought, well, God, I mean, I love astrology. Maybe I'll learn astrology here because it's the place where it all began. And I and somebody told me to go to you know Varanasi because there was a school, yeah. um, you know, Banaras Hindu University. So I went there and they didn't teach it at the time. And they directed me to another school. And I found a teacher who actually had taught other Westerners who came. He was a mathematics professor and he taught me astrology. And then I found another astrologer in the bazaar area, a commercial astrologer. So when I was in India for seven months, every day I studied astrology with each of these teachers. And then when I came back to this, to Europe, I had to keep studying on my own. Um, I didn't really meet anybody else who knew astrology, Indian astrology. And then when I moved back to America, um, you know, I sort of met James Braha and Dennis Harness and David Frawley. And I learned from from going to conferences with all these people, kind of all learned from each other. Um, K.N. Rao came to America, I learned a lot from him. Um, Dr. Charak, who I still see at conferences here on the East Coast. Um at some point Sanjay Roth came over and I learned Jaimini from him. Um so there were a lot of teachers along the way. But my main teachers were in India, you know, the two two astrologers I learned from there. That's so great. yeah.
0: Great. Yeah. And so where can people find you then online? Where can they uh, go to find your work?
1: Well my website is com. um, It needs a lot of revamping um, one of these days. And uh, I'm on social media. You know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Um, But if you go to my website, there's a way to sign on for my newsletter. And, um, you know, if you sign up for my newsletter, I try to get it out once a month at least. And then in between, you know, I'll send information. And I'm teaching classes. So that is always... um, information from my newsletter website or social media it'll all be out there
0: obviously all online these days
1: yeah and books you know I've you know again I mean the book that you have was written in 1997 it needs to be revised there's a lot of errors in there and I keep you know wanting to get an errata sheet and I have a couple other books in the works but you know what happens when you start writing books is that you haven't yet established your practice and then you start establishing your practice and then you get so busy doing that that it's hard to go back to like completing these books so I'm hoping hoping this year because also I went Back to school in between, and got a master's degree in Sanskrit and, and Indian languages. So that was very wow. important to my studies, you know.
0: Really and that important. must have really en- enriched your study or your practice, astrology yeah. practice, no way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that really was a major turning point. I mean, because I was in my 50s when I went back to school. So I was really but I, it, it has enhanced it a lot. You know, it's changed the way, um, you know, I view astrology also, because now I can understand a lot of the Sanskrit which I couldn't before, which is why I went back to school to learn it. So that's another thing, you know, mm. a lot of the things I, wrote- I would
0: love to do that. Yeah. I, I, I'll just copy everything you do. I have, I have all the books <laughs> that you get. You could just send me everything that you do, and I'll just follow that path. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
1: do. I'll do that. I'll do that. So
0: thank you so much, Ronnie. I really enjoyed this conversation, and um, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time.
1: Thank you, Gary. Thank you for
0: all your knowledge and all your wisdom.
1: Great. And be well and safe and your family and everybody. You know, and and
0: that's you too. Most important you thing. too. And and, okay. yeah, stay well.
1: Okay, take care.
0: So thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Ronnie Dreyer and her work, you can go to her website. It's RonnieDreyer.com. That's R-O-N-N-I-E-D-R-E-Y-E-R. RonnieDreyer.com. My own website here is TimelineAstrology.com. You can sign up as a patron on TimelineAstrology.com or Patreon.com forward slash TimelineAstrology. I write daily and monthly in-depth forecasts for my patrons as well as a video club, a Scorpio video club I call it, where I dive deeper into the more complex calculations of Indian astrology. So have a look at TimelineAstrology.com and think about signing up. So that is all for now. I'd like to, again, thank you for taking the time to listen and until next time.